If you've ever had a teenager look you in the eye and yell, I hate you, or if you've ever maybe uttered those words yourself, you know that what I've decided to talk about today is absolutely true. You've experienced it probably from both sides more than once, and that is forming opinions or making life-changing decisions based on emotion alone is a reckless way to lead. In fact, it's a reckless way to live. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I can tell you there have been many times in my life that I have experienced that moment when the emotions in me rose up, whether it was anger or it was pain or it was fear or it was just frustration with life, that I find myself yelling at truly inanimate objects, objects that cannot defend themselves, they can't yell back, they can't think through the conversation. In fact, they don't have any feelings at all. They couldn't care less what my opinion is, and they certainly don't care how frustrated, how angry, how hurt I am. Not one iota. But I also know there have been plenty of times in my life that those emotions have bubbled up, bubbled over, exploded onto the scene in a way that human relationships began to suffer from them. Oh, the emotions were just as real with the inanimate objects as they are the animate objects, but the way the relationship changes when the emotions are at a pitch level, a fever pitch level, uh, that's a whole different ball game. Now, if you've ever encountered a teenager who's frustrated with you, who's angry with you, who's angry with life, then you know that sometimes those emotions are out of control. Sometimes those emotions are, well, they're exaggerated. They, they seem to be in the moment larger than life. They are a bigger problem than anything else in life because this is the way I feel right now. Well, the way that you feel may or may not be justified. Your emotions, believe it or not, are something that you have some control over. Anger, sure, it's a natural reaction to fear and pain. It's, it's what comes up in anyone when they feel like they're afraid they're going to lose something. And there's pain to that, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain. Anger is a result of that. But anger can be controlled by choice, and choice is a function of the mind, and the mind and the emotions, those are not the same. A lot of people think they are, but they are not. In fact, there are three parts of the human soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions, which tells me that you can both think through a problem or feel through the problem, but either way you get to choose whether you think through the problem or feel through the problem. Dr. Caroline Leaf, neurosurgeon, says that Emotion plus thought equals attitude. Let me say that another way. How you think about what you feel. So if you take a thought process intentionally and you lay that as a filter over the emotional reaction that just seems to bubble up from within you that you feel like, I didn't choose to be angry. It just happened. I didn't choose to be hurt. I didn't mean to cry when you said those mean things to me. It just happened. Those are natural reactions, yes, but... What you do with them then 
think of a mathematical equation, the two being the thought and the three being the emotion, equals five, your attitude. Well, what changes? Well, it's the will. It's the choice. It's do I choose to be driven by the emotion alone or do I choose to be driven by the thoughts? And if I'm forming opinions about you as an individual, about a process in the company or the organization, about a vote, about a cultural position in life, if I'm forming opinions about those and my formation of my opinion, if my decision, whether it's voting or it's a relationship or it's take the job or don't take the job, quit the job or keep the job, if those decisions, if those opinions are formed on emotions alone, they're reckless because they're only half-baked. Your emotions alone are not strong enough to make those kinds of decisions. And if you hadn't noticed, emotions can be kind of fickle. In fact, you can have those days with someone that you love deeply that on one day you think, wow, this is the most spectacular person in the world. And you feel warm and cuddly and you just want to spend time around them. And then they say that one thing that's like like sticking a spoon in your ear and you're like, oh man, that was uncomfortable. I can't believe you said that. And even if it's a hard truth, that truth is uncomfortable and it changes your emotional position about them. If you were to decide the future outcome of that relationship on that one moment of emotion, well, that would be reckless. If, if you got angry at your boss because they asked you to stay late for work or you got frustrated because a task was more complicated than you thought it was going to be, if you made a decision about your future employment based on that one moment of emotion, well, that would be reckless. If you got angry with someone that you genuinely care about and decided to move on in life without them over that one moment, that would be reckless. Now, I can only speak for my own position, my own experiences in life to say, uh, there have been moments in my life that I wanted to be completely alone. I mean, just leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to listen to anybody. I want to stare off into space and let my mind think, let my emotions process. I just want isolation for a moment. If I made lifelong decisions based on how I felt in that moment, I would be a recluse or a hermit. That's not what I want to be. I love people. I love socializing with people. I love sitting in public places and talking to absolute strangers. I get a thrill out of that. I enjoy that. But if I made every decision, if I had every opinion in my life formed by heightened emotional moments, that would be reckless. If you're a leader and you find yourself doing that, you need to get a better check on your emotions. But you also need to have a better decision-making process in your life. You need to find some way to formulate your opinions, formulate your ideas, lay out your decision-making process that doesn't necessarily disregard your emotions. Some people even tell you, hey, go with your gut. Make your decision based on how you feel about the moment. Obey your thirst. Let your heart guide you. Can I just tell you, all of those are half-baked ideas. All of them. If you only obey your thirst, if you only follow your heart, if you only let your gut tell you. Sure, there's some value to instinct. There's, there's some peace of mind that comes with knowing, I feel at peace about this decision. Feeling that peace is a good thing. But it's not the only thing. There ought to be some facts, some measurements, some data, some research, some history about 
all of the elements that you're making a decision about. Maybe you've made a pros and cons list. Maybe, maybe you've listed all the benefits of this decision, all the, here's what could go right if I make this decision. Here's how this will make my life better or someone else's life better. Here's, here's the win, the list of all the wins. In fact, as I've made this similar decision in the past to take the job, to move to the new location, to build this relationship stronger, to sign this contract, as I've made similar decisions to this in the past, here's what went right and here's what went wrong. Those are good decision-making factors. In fact, to mind map any decision that you're going to make, even if you can only do it in your mind in a matter of seconds and begin to extrapolate the ideas out a little bit and say, well, if I do this, then the consequences might be. And in my book, Live a More Excellent Life, um, there's actually a, a what-if process that, that I mapped out in there. The what-if process just asks those questions. What if I do make that decision? What, what if I do it that way? What, what if I stop doing it like this and start doing it like that? How different would my life be? And it goes through some stories of decisions that I made. In fact, back when I was writing the book, I used to make a decision every morning to pull out of the driveway because I always back in and I would pull out of the driveway and go left because left meant that I would go half a block and I would turn at the stop sign and go a half a block and I would turn right at the stop sign and I would be at the traffic light in about a minute and a half and then I would be on the highway and from there it was just zooming all the way to work and it took me about 18 minutes to get from my front doorstep to my parking space at work. Easy peasy. It was 18 miles, 18 minutes, pretty good timing. And then the neighborhood grew and they built a school, uh, three of them, in fact, and bus routes and crosswalks with crossing guards holding stop signs with kiddos running back and forth across the street. And between my house and the stoplight, no longer a minute and a half, more like 12, sometimes 15 minutes, because it's now also a school zone. So you have to drive slower. And you have to watch out with the moms with strollers walking their kids to school. And you have to watch out for the little kids in the crosswalk who didn't wait for the crossing guard. Or the ones on their bicycles who fly out from behind trees and parked cars to get to school. And you have to wait on the school buses because they stop several times between here and the light. And then, of course, there's the traffic at the light, which doubles and triples with slow-moving cars trying to get to the school. And the list goes on and on and on. And I found myself getting up out of habit and driving out of the driveway to the left only to find myself halfway down the block behind 18 other cars and in front of 18 other cars and I can't turn around and I can't back up and that 18 minute drive is now a 45 minute drive and I'm going oh my gosh I'm getting more frustrated by the day well if I had allowed the frustration alone to make all the decisions in my life then that frustration that anger that upset with being late, that realizing I now have to get up almost a full hour earlier just to make it to work, may have said to me, move to another location, get another job. You can't deal with this frustration every day. It's just ruining your day at work. But instead, I realized that if I pull out of the driveway and turn right and go a block and a half and then turn right and go 100 feet and then turn left and I drive through the neighborhood that way, I miss all the school buses. And then I can actually take a shortcut through another property and end up on the highway four miles further my direction than is the school and the stoplight and all the school buses. And they're not going through that property. 
And now my 18-minute drive is a 20-minute drive instead of a 45-minute drive. And that one decision required some thought. It required walking through that process and asking myself, am I making the decision that's best based in the data that I have? Is there other data? Is there information that I should be making my decision based on? And what if I do just keep making my decision based on the habits that I have or the emotion alone? See, I, I'm willing to bet that there are some decisions that you've made relationally, vocationally, educationally, that probably were based on emotion in the moment that you made the decision, and now you feel stuck in that decision. You're thinking to yourself, will I always have to make this same decision over and over again? And the answer is no, you don't. Because you probably have put yourself on a path based on emotion from a day. Oh, it seemed like the right idea at the time. Anybody have a car payment way too high? Anybody dealing with an interest rate way out of their reach? Anybody trying to insure a car they can't afford to drive? And so it sits in the driveway because you can't get insurance on it? Those decisions have been made over and over and over and over again. I... I remember hearing just recently, um, his name escapes me, the giant basketball player that also supports the general car insurance, told the story about being a kid and how he decided to get the general for car insurance because he paid everything he had in his cash flow for the car. And then they said, you can't leave here without insurance. And everybody wanted more money for insurance. And now... He supports the insurance company that gave him a break. And if I'm not mistaken, he's now a part owner of Shaq. Shaq is now a, 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 at least a strong representative of the general insurance, um, maybe a, a partial owner in it. That was a decision that was made years ago, decades ago, when he was still early in college, when a $1,500 car was a stretch for him. But that decision led to a business decision later on. It wasn't an emotionally made decision. It was a rationally made decision. It was a decision that took some time to go through the process and ask, well, what if, what if, and what if, and what if? I'm telling you right now, there are going to be decisions in your life as a leader that you're going to make, and you're going to say, I, I want to get rid of this person. I want to change this job. I want to get rid of this project. I want to change this task. And I want to do it because I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm emotionally spent, whatever it is. And I'm going to tell you right now, making decisions based on your feelings is reckless. Making decisions, forming opinions based on how you feel about a topic, a subject, a conversation, it's reckless. I know there have been some major decisions in the recent weeks from the Supreme Court, from elections, from executive orders that have to do with everything from gun control to abortion to migration. And when you put all those things on the table, they're very heated political topics. Why are they heated? Because in all of them, there's a lot of emotion. But if you make decisions in your life, if you form opinions in your life solely based on how you feel about them, you are making reckless decisions. You are forming reckless opinions. Take the time to do the homework. Dig a little deeper into it. Don't just believe what you're told on the surface. Don't react emotionally to the intentionally hyped up rhetoric and narratives. Take the time to do the homework and make sure that the decisions you're making are not on the feelings that others are projecting on you, but on the information that you have. With the information that's available, probably 
hidden, disguised somewhere. Like I said yesterday, the devil's in the details. But you've got to get to know the details to know what is a distraction, what is a devil, and what are the real details that you should be making decisions based on. Because it's almost always true that the bigger the details that are being presented to you, the more they are intended to hide something from you. Take the time and do your homework. But don't allow your emotions to form your opinions. And if you have people that work on your team who tend to do that, emotional-driven opinion formation, emotional-driven decision-making, then take some time as a leader to build a stronger influence in their life and give them some insights. Share with them some of the things that you know that are not opinion-based. They're fact-based. They're not emotion-driven. They're fact-based. And you may find that you have better decision-making people on your team. Stronger opinions from emotion, for sure, but better formed opinions when they're informed opinions. I don't know how else to say if you are making your decisions in life, forming opinions that will drive your life only on your emotions, you're missing it. That's reckless. Stop doing that. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.